Hello and welcome to episode 77 of Feckin' Metal. I'm your host, Fergal Trainer. Welcome back to you, the listener. And I suppose I'm welcoming myself back as the host. Can you welcome yourself back as a host? I don't know. It's been a month anyway since I last spoke to you. And I have been recording several episodes in that period of time. I just haven't got around to releasing them yet. This one um, was recorded on the 10th of March of 2023 <laughs> and um, this was of course before the new Night Demon album Outsider had been released so you'll hear some references to that obviously in the episode you'll also hear references to an upcoming tour that Night Demon had uh, with Satan and Haunt Hell's Decibels but at the same time I think it's actually not a bad thing that the album has had a chance to sit and for people to absorb it before relaunching a podcast that hypes its release essentially because If you launch a podcast just days before an album is released, it gets sucked into the hype machine of the band hyping their own album. And if you launch it on release day, well, it's probably just going to be ignored. And if you maybe wait a month like I have, people might have listened to it and thought it was good and moved on because there's so much bloody new music released all the time now. I'm certainly guilty of that. You hear an album, you think it's really good. You think it's excellent even sometimes, and then you forget about it and you move on to the next new release. So... It's been a month now since the Night Demon album has been out. Maybe you listened to it and enjoyed it and forgot about it. Maybe you didn't listen to it at all. And as a result of hearing this interview with Jarvis Letterby, you'll go and you'll seek it out. And I hope that it is the latter, maybe. Or yeah, maybe you'll go back to it if you did enjoy it. Um, anyway, I'm rambling here. Rambling like a fucking amateur. So, this is an interview with Jarvis Letterby. I've had Jarvis on the podcast four times now. We talk about that a bit later on in our chat. And you might think, what can you possibly have to say to this man that you've spoken to now on three previous occasions, this being your fourth occasion? And I will say to you, listener, that I actually had a lot to talk about with Jarvis that we'd never spoken about before. Uh, You know, some chit-chat about splitting his time between the US, Northern Ireland and touring. Um, He talks about the Whiskey at Go-Go, actually gives a brief history about that venue, some of which I didn't really know before. Uh, We talk about all sorts of things from being hungover and drunk and... um, all that type of stuff and re- regrets while you're out drinking um, to the large gap between Night Demon studio albums, which is when you look at it, if you don't count Year of the Demon, which is essentially a compilation album, it's been six years between those two. But he goes deep into the reasons why that is and mentions that it was, in fact, the busiest period of the band. Uh, we talk about some off the wall stuff as well, um, like the Irish location, which inspired the writing of the concept album Outsider, uh, time as a non linear concept. And uh, the traditional heavy metal market in Ireland, which obviously really means Ireland and the UK, because they're very similar. Um, and there's been a lot of stuff going on, uh, a lot of news on the Rialto about some traditional heavy metal festivals or festivals which featured a large number of both old and newer traditional heavy metal bands in the UK. I've been posting about it on Twitter today, having conversations with some of you. And if you want to join in that conversation, of course, it's at Feckin Metal Cast, where you can have a look at some tweets going back and forth there but I don't want to tack that topic on to this interview episode I'd rather speak about it separately and I do have a lot of thoughts on it and I'd like to just share my thoughts in general about the traditional heavy metal scene in both Ireland and the UK and it's obviously a topic that's very close to my heart I bring it up with a lot of my guests I sometimes might even force the topic in a conversation because I want to hear people's opinions on it and I have a lot of opinions on my own so look out for a short episode from me just me talking about that and you can hear my opinions on it. But yeah, um, on this episode, I interviewed Jarvis via Zoom, and I didn't record my own audio separately like you're hearing now. I just used my Zoom audio, which I don't really like to do, but he wasn't recording his audio separately either. So rather than having two separate audio tracks and syncing up the tracks and all that shite, I decided to just use my Zoom audio. You'll notice that the S sounds aren't very clear. They sound like eth, eth, or THs. And that's very frustrating to me when I'm editing. Hopefully it's not too frustrating to you as a listener. But yeah, that did happen. And most of the time I actually, even if I am doing Zoom, I I still record my own audio on Audacity. But I didn't this time. Anyway, lesson learned there. So yes, uh, if you hear that, that's what that is. But in general, I love speaking to Jarvis. His personality is almost tailor-made for a podcast like this. Because I can ask a question or even just make a statement like I like to do with a lot of guests. I'll just state a fact. And if I state a fact, something like, you're on tour in the US in May, Jarvis will go on in a big, long, detailed, 
articulate answer about that. And that's the exact type of guest I love to have on Feckin' Metal. That's why I have so many episodes in the back catalogue featuring him as a guest. And why I'll probably have him on again in the future as well. Anyway, just before I go, I did mention festivals there. As I record this, it's just gone midnight on the 19th of April. That kind of sounds romantic or relevant or something, but it really shouldn't, and it wasn't intended to. But it does mean technically tomorrow I'll be travelling over to the Keep It True Festival in Germany, which has an excellent lineup. Really looking forward to seeing Sirithungal, Visigoth, Jeff Tate from Queensryche, Slaufeg, and several other bands on the bill, a three-day bill. There is a pre-party, which I'm not going to the night before. A bit too old now, uh, too long in the tooth to be doing four nights in a row. It nearly did me in for good at Copenhagen last year, and I did actually learn from that. I do learn from things sometimes. Um, it, it takes a few attempts, but I did learn from that one. Four nights is too much. Three nights good, four nights bad, I think, or something like that. So, yeah, that's coming up. Um, I will be away for a couple of days at that. I'll give you some uh, opinions about how that went. It's my first proper Keep It True. I've been to Keep It True Rising 2, or sorry, Keep It True Rising 1 and Keep It True Rising 2 in 2021 and 2022, respectively. And I am going to head to the third Keep It True Rising, which is happening in October of this year as well. But this is the first proper Keep It True festival. This is the 23rd installment of that. Keep It True Rising only really came about due to the pandemic, unfortunately, cancelling the or postponing the regular Keep It True so many times. And April seemed to be a bad time of year. It kept getting postponed, but they managed to sneak one in in the winter of 2021. And then they had so much success with that, they did a second one in uh, autumn of 2022. Anyway, yeah, that's on the cards for me. Um, Probably come back with a shitload of T-shirts and patches and all that. I have so many patches now. I'll need to get to the tailor. Swiftly moving on from that. I will keep you no longer to hear about all of the latest news with Night Demon, uh, future touring plans, writing concept albums, and all of the other interesting topics I discussed with Jarvis Leatherby from Night Demon and from Sirithungal. So here it is, my interview with Jarvis from last month on the 10th of March. What's going on, man? How are you doing, Jarvis? Oh, good. You know, woke up. I'm ready to rock, dude. <laughs> I <went> to- <laughs> I went to see Bitch last night at the Whiskey, so... Um, bitch. You know, long, long night, yeah. The band from 1980, LA Metal Band, are great. I, I haven't heard of them, I must admit, sorry. Yeah, it's okay. So you're back in California at the moment. Or back I'm, back in, I say, but you're in California at the moment. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in California for another another week, yeah. Are you um are you living most of your time in Northern Ireland these days or what's the story there? It's it's hard to tell, you know. Like <laughs> I would say yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um but between there and California and um touring, you know. Um yeah. you know, the road is home in a way, but I've got my place in California and and out there in Derry, so um you know, I just split my time, but it's great to be out there, especially like um, during festival season, you know, it just, it's just easy for me to get to get to festivals. And, you know, when the band, the band comes back to the States a lot, you know, and, and I just stay out there. So yeah. I'll, I'll be out there for, um, um, I was out there for a month already this year, and then I'll be there pretty much the whole, most of the summer, you know? Okay. As, as you navigate your European tour dates. Yeah, exactly. Very good. So, sorry, you said you were you were you were at a band last night, bitch. Sorry, I'd never heard of them. Uh, in the whiskey, a place I'd love to visit, but I, I haven't yet. But I, I I assume I will do at some point in my life. Absolutely, man. Uh, I, I've heard from people like who've gone to the whiskey in recent times that it's it's not anything like it used to be. Did you ever go to the whiskey back in the day when it was what it used to be? Well, I mean, it's the club has been around for so many years. You know, I mean five six decades uh, um you know um uh, everybody i mean there there was a whole scene on the sunset strip in like the sinatra days you know mm. <laughs> and then right, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know and it was a go-go club in the 60s you know which god knows all the crazy stuff that happened there but then you know other people got their start there like the doors you mm. know yeah. Babith play 
every but every every hard rock band you can imagine like all the greats were playing there um and then then you had the 80s the 80s scene of of you know you had a lot of like underground punk there for in in the early 80s and then you had um the whole glam metal scene you know um and then yeah so that was a, that was all before my time, you know, of going to shows. Um, I know mm-hmm. a lot of people from that era that have told me a lot of stuff about it. Um, yeah. But yeah, when I was a teenager in the '90s, I would be down there a lot, and I'd see a lot of great bands. So yeah, I mean, it was definitely the whiskey, the Roxy, and the Troubadour, like the the most legendary clubs on the Sunset Strip in Hollywood. Like I cut my teeth, mm. kid, you know, playing some of my first gigs there at those clubs, and also. Yeah. My first concerts, the I I saw Rob Halford at the Roxy when I was like fourteen. The he was no the way. first, yeah, he was the first rock like real rock star that I ever kind of met. You know what uh, band or moniker was he playing under at the time? It was just it was solo, so it was right after just fight. Halford. It was right after fight, though. It yeah, wasn't okay. like like um he hadn't put out a record yet. I don't think. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay, good stuff. Are you feeling a bit fragile today? No, I'm great. Um, oh, you're good. Been, you're good. I, like laying off the booze and like, um, yeah, no, I'm not a. I don't have the fear as we call it in in Ireland. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was yeah. that was that a new term for you when you came to Ireland? The fear. Yeah, but once somebody told me about it, I was like, I knew exactly what that is. You know, as as human beings, we have that universal feeling. We just call it different things. You know, <laughs> <laughs> what what do you call it in uh, Ventura, California? Um, fuck, it's hard to. Say. It's I, I don't even know anymore because I'm just like such an Irishman these days. You know, <laughs> I, I want to say shattered, but that would be an Irish thing too. Shattered, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um. I don't, I hung over, you know, that's it. We're yeah, boring. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, but the, the, the fear to me is kind of a different thing to being hung over. Hung over is like, oh, I feel physically bad and maybe slightly mentally bad. But the fear is more, oh, fuck, I was so drunk. What the fuck was I saying to this person? Yeah, it's, it's, I hate myself. The, yeah, it's the anxiety, you know. Yes, that. exactly. But, the anxiety, yeah. Um, The fear is better than the regret, though, of knowing because, like, you know, <laughs> I there's still points where I'm just driving in my car to driving down the road. And I think of something I did when I was drunk, like a decade ago. And I'm like, Oh what? yeah. What the, like, you're such an idiot. You know, like, <laughs> why? like, why did you say that? Like, why, you know? And then you go through these psychological dramas in your head where you're like, is that really me? You know, yeah. um, somebody once told me like, you know, the words of a drunk man are, you know, I'm misquoting, but it's like, uh, is, you know, are the, are, are the true feelings, you know? And it's like, I, that's total bullshit. Like, I, mm. I, I don't that I don't believe that at all. You know, that, oh, alcohol is a truth serum. No, I don't think so at all. I, yeah. You know. I know. I like, I, I've heard that before as well. And I think in, in some cases it's true. But then I think of some of the bullshit that I've said when I've been drunk as well. And it, it's not true. Like, it, it, it's it's not necessarily that being drunk brings out the truth. I think bring, being drunk sometimes brings out this misplaced confidence that you don't have when you're sober. And you say things that you probably shouldn't. And it's not necessarily that they're your true true feelings or anything like that. But, you know, it's, it's stuff that's... I find, yeah, I find that, like, I've lied a lot when I've been extremely drunk. <laughs> and that's, that's the regret i'm like why would i do that you know like like yeah. why would i do why would i fucking do that you know like no so yeah anyway um and i actually did <laughs> i did have one pint of guinness last night there's an irish bar next door to the whiskey a go-go oh. and it was the kind of guinness i've ever had so like worst, it's, worst it's, pint. how much did it cost you out of interest I I don't know. I don't I, I get people to buy stuff for me, so <laughs> uh, I, I, I Hey buddy, I'm the singer in Night Demon. <laughs> Y'all wanna buy me a Guinness? <laughs> no, I don't I don't know. Somebody bought it for me. Too much. Right. That's no, yeah, it probably was. Okay. 
Uh, the last time I spoke to you was June 2022 when Year of the Demon was coming out, I believe. Um, so it's been a long time. All, although, like, it's not really a long time b- between appearances because you've been on this podcast. Uh, this is your fourth fourth appearance on this podcast. But it's always great to chat to you and great to have you back. Um, so you're promoting a new album now coming out on March the 17th outsider and that's actually saint patrick's day i said that to you recently uh, i said ireland has clearly infected you so deeply that you released your new album on saint patrick's day but you said it was just a coincidence yeah that was the record company's decision uh and fun oddly enough we will be performing at the whiskey go-go that night ourselves i saw next that. door to the bar on saint patty's day with the worst guinness so by the way can i can i can i correct you there no Nobody in Ireland says St. Paddy's Day. It's St. Patrick's Day or Paddy's Day. You don't say St. Paddy's Day. I do know that. I do know that. Um, but I'm in I'm in the, the States now, so I can th- say that. And um, we also have a couple here that, well, one thing here that you guys don't do is like there's a tradition here. So if you don't wear green on Paddy's Day, hmm. you you get pinched. Pinched? Okay. So I, I, it's funny. I, was, I tell people that in Ireland, and they're like, "What? What are you talking about?" Here, it's like it's widely known. It's been known my whole life by anybody I've ever met. Mm. There's people that know about this that don't even know who Michael Jackson is. Like that's how much people know about this stuff. So like, if you ever showed up to school as a kid and you didn't wear green, okay, you were all day. You know, um, yeah, and it is. You know, it's just basically a big drinking holiday here. Every every white person in America claims that they're Irish on that day. And of even, course. You know, yeah. <laughs> so it was a record company decision to release your new album on St. Paddy's Day. I will never say that again. But um, yeah, so it, it's actually been a long time between studio albums. And I know the last time we spoke, we were kind of talking about whether or not Year of the Demon counts as a studio album. Um I can't remember what your position on that was. I I know we we oh. talked about things like having a clean discography, but um, but if you want to be technical about it, it's uh, it's going to be about six years since your last studio album. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and a lot of uh, a lot of journalists like to tell me that and remind me that some people that some that don't know a lot of the the full history of the band, you know, if you look at it on paper, it's like why the big long dark break, and it's like yeah, well, yeah. Because this, because the last six years were the busiest we've ever been in reality. You know, I mean, we did mm. three world tours on Darkness Remains. We put out a live record. We put out the five seven inch singles. We did Year of the Demon. We wrote this record during a two and a half year pandemic, which was sandwiched in there. We played hundreds of shows. Yeah. Um Started the podcast, which up to now one hundred and forty about uh, or sorry, one hundred and thirty seven weeks running as of today consecutively yes. so you know a uh, lot lots been going on sorry that's one thing i've actually never mentioned when you've been on the fucking metal podcast is that you have the night team and heavy metal podcast uh, i don't think i've ever brought that up but yeah that's been going strong for what did you say 137 episodes now yeah without missing a week so yeah uh, and we've got a lot more to go so <laughs> yeah so like that's um a constant um as in like you and the band members are constantly involved in contributing to that on a regular basis a lot of the time you must be on tour you must be um out of the country how how does that work it just has to you know it's like when you have a deadline and you you make the commitment to be consistent you know we all agreed on this before you know when we started this thing um that that was the deal, you know, and it's just, mm-hmm. it runs indefinitely until it can't run anymore, you know, which means we have nothing more to talk about, you know, and Nesbitt, our host, you know, c- and producer committed to doing this, you know, it was his idea. He wanted to run every week. I didn't think we'd have enough to talk about, but he was right. You know, I mean, in reality, if the band stopped today, we'd still probably have another two years of content, you know, mm-hmm to to go through um it's pretty amazing you know it's a gift and when you have a gift like that you have to nurture that gift or it goes away and you can only blame yourself for that you know um and 
yeah, it is a, it is, it is a lot of work, but it's proven to be worth it in the end. And, you know, there's a couple of people writing books about the band and they kind of look at this as like a reference library, library or a uh, bibliography, if you will, when they have questions about certain things. And it's great to have everybody else's story being told, you know, the people that surround the band to have a voice on this and the, and the fans as well. And, um, everybody involved and uh you know we have a rule that nobody is allowed to talk to each other before they give their commentary on certain topics so okay it's it's, it's an honest approach you know we've never been like oh hey i've got asked this question about this topic uh are we cool to talk about this or like um you know yeah. what's your yeah. on this or, do you remember how this happened that's that never that doesn't go down that way, you know? Okay. So it's really, it's really, it's really awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, and you do have contributions from all the members of the band on that every single week. So it is kind of unique in that sense in that I can't think of any other podcast off the top of my head where band members contribute individually every single week. Actually, it, it must be unique. I, I was think there talking to somebody last night about that and i was like somebody that has a lot of knowledge about a lot of bands you know and i was like does anybody else do this and it's like no i don't think so metallica did it like an eight-parter you know um but um i found that there was a lot of repetition in in theirs you know like they, they got sounded like they got like one solid interview from each person and then kind of as the episodes went along it chopped it up kind of thing Reinjected some of the same commentary though that you'd previously heard, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You know. very good. Okay, so um, since you released Year of the Demon, you released a flexi single on a a magazine called The Last Day. Um, how did that come about, and how did you end up doing that? Decibel Magazine is the only. This is crazy. This is the world we live in. They're the only metal magazine in the entire United States physical magazine that still is a monthly mag <laughs> right every right. have gone quarterly or bi-monthly or have just gone away altogether most of them have gone away and yeah. so they're 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 the the top magazine in the in the states and they have festivals they put on festivals and tours and um that's kind of where people you know, serious metal fans go to read about what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but every month they have, a uh, like for, for people that subscribe to the magazine, they have a seven inch flexi in every yeah. issue where they have yeah. a band do, you know, kind of an exclusive song for them. And um, yeah, the list of bands that have done this is pretty incredible. So uh, when we were asked to do it, I mean, it was a great honor and like, uh, of course, you know, we we wanted to jump on that immediately. So we had this the song The Last Day, there was like a couple riffs in there that that we were kind of working on when we were writing Outsider that just mm-hmm. didn't really fit within the album frame, you know. And uh yeah. so we thought, okay, let's leave that, let's leave those riffs on uh, you know, um on the bottom shelf for now. And then when that opportunity mm-hmm. came up, we're like, okay, let's just put let's put something together, you know, yeah. for this. Yeah. And that's how Okay, so yeah, so like a, a separate song outside of Outsider um, that you just release on a magazine. A band like Night Demon, can you determine how much of an impact such a release makes? Or do you just release something like that into the wild and hope it garners uh, a response from people? It's cr- it's weird because the fact that it was like exclusive to this magazine made it like one of the most highly sought after pieces from collectors, mm. you know, especially yeah. collect outside of the United States. And so when we made the deal with the magazine, we made sure that we were able to secure like an extra, you know, three, 400 copies of this, just the vinyl, you know? Mm. And so when we started to go on tour and, and people were just, I mean, it was just like, we couldn't keep it at the merch table. It was just, people were buying them up immediately and they're still buying them online. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you, you know, you do it as a promotional vehicle cause it's basically yeah. everybody who 
magazine is going to get a little vinyl with their magazine they're going to listen to it you know yeah it's not it's always great you know we we in the past we've been especially in the bigger like metal hammer or whatever we'd be on like um you know the sampler cd that comes with it where there's 20 new songs you know yeah 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 one vinyl one single it's like you kind of have all the focus and attention there and they put you a little blurb on the cover of the magazine so i mean it's just it's promotion i mean really um and we just thought it was a good opportunity to kind of um to put a song together quickly and to um just have another song in the in the catalog like sure, sure. kind of I know I've said, you know, we've always wanted a clean discography and that is true, but it just doesn't, <laughs> work. it doesn't always work that way. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I say that in the way of like Iron Maiden, you know, has a pretty clean discography, you know, um, but um, they do also have a ton of rarities and, you know, there. If you, if I really look back at it, I mean, there's the whole total eclipse thing on Number of the Beast. You know, I mean, yeah, and yeah, that yeah. like that makes it the most unclean discography because that's such a big topic of debate. You know, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Uh, so that just happens that way. You know, or you think of Metallica. You know, it's like they 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 were putting out out. It's just albums is what they put out. But then you're like, hey, well, wait a minute. They did write a song for that Mission Impossible soundtrack, and that just was always on that and that only you know yeah yeah sure so yeah. what we what we've done with the last day is add it as a bonus track to the cd version because it was never on cd you know and uh as the cd version of outsider i'm, I'm sorry um oh, yeah. as a bonus you know yeah. and you know it's a way it's also a way for the record company to sell a dying format too you know so sure. i mean but, but what i was really asking you was is it is it possible for you to gauge how well that has done so let's say like you release a, a flexi single on a magazine do you get any feedback about how well that has done or can you gauge how well that has performed for you so you've taken a punt you've taken a chance you put a flexi single on a magazine do you get any feedback about how well that has done and which might feed into future decisions to do similar things again um not really and it's like are and are you asking like analytically because yes this is the thing you can't really judge you can't it's so hard these days to judge anything analytically because there are so many platforms and outlets mm. you know back in the day you it was easy but this uh, this is just a magazine though no right i got you but i mean uh there's no metric for it like i don't i don't know how many copies have sold and of those copies how many people have listened to it because like yeah. people are buying a magazine to read the magazine right you know and so they and if you think about it there's the people that get the the record are subscribers so it's like mm. they're getting one every month you mm. know um i don't know who's listened to it i know our fan response is really good you know and that's all i could judge it as and hopefully we turned on some new people to the band with this and when you have a, something physical like this, that could happen at any point. It's great because in the digital world that we live in, you get pretty much one shot at it to expose yourself unless something goes viral like later on down the line. But that's extremely rare with a physical copy. It's it's way more probable. I mean, like how many how many people's houses have you gone to and used the bathroom and go, Oh, there's a magazine from two years ago that somebody still looks at, you know, like, so I couldn't I mean, tell you, <laughs> <laughs> I see it a lot. Like people, people collect their metal mags. They don't toss them. It's, you know, it's not like a current gossip rag where you just pick it up and toss it, you know, like mm. Um, mm. it's for the collectors, you know? So um, will we do it in the future? I don't, I don't know. I, it's not something that we, we are aspiring to do the mm. opportunity came up and it was the right opportunity for us at the time. It was, it's typically something that you want to be asked to do for this publication, you know? So sure. it was kind of sure. like if for us, for us, it was like a next step in a way. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. And speaking of next steps, uh, you're about to release your album outsider, which I said earlier on in the podcast is your first studio album since, uh, well, 2017. Um, so, oh, you know, obvious question, 
How did this come about? Uh, how long have you been writing these songs for? Um, well, we started really at the start of the pandemic. Um, okay. We, we were in the middle of this, you know, kind of rolling out. Well, actually, we were at the beginning of rolling out the 2020 singles campaign. Our idea was to actually do eight, seven inches in 2020, not five. Okay. And, but the thing is, we still hadn't written all the music. So we were like, okay, well, let's, let's, we have some ideas, you know, let's see what we can do here. But when the lock, the first lockdown happened, we're like, we kind of, we're not clairvoyant or anything, but we, we knew this wasn't two weeks, you know, we're like, okay, mm -hmm. no, this is, uh, we're in for the long haul here. And that's yeah. when we wrote the song, Syria. Um, and so we, you know, we, we started just, we realized we had time for the first time in our career. We had time. Mm -hmm. We never had, we, we never did. We were always pressured to go out and work and writing songs on the road is just something we've never been able to successfully do. So when our tour got, our tours got canceled, you know, we were kind of like on summer vacation, you know, and we had like uh, the pandemic was great for us. I mean, we had a really enjoyable experience um, being able to have a forced break and slow down. Mm -hmm. And so we just had a lot of time. We still we still got together every day and we were just jamming out and exploring other musical areas that we wanted to go. Um, yeah, but. And then the main thing is not repeating ourselves. We're like, okay, we've made an EP, we've made two full lengths and, you know, four other original songs on these singles. And like, so far, like our batting average is really good, you know? And like, we, we've, we, we just, we didn't, we wanted to keep the tradition of not repeating ourselves. Everything we've done has had some kind of progression and there's not a song where you can, pick out of the catalog and say this song sounds like that song you mm. know mm. so um we were kind of like you know with traditional heavy metal cliches i guess you could say there's not there's really nothing that we hadn't covered yet mm. so like injecting more of who we are into the music was kind of where we were at and just playing what felt naturally um but then the whole idea of writing a concept album came to play and we had failed on the first two attempts. And so now that we had, because Curse of the Damned and Darkness Remains both started out as concept albums. So it's something we've wanted to do from from the beginning, really. And now that we had okay. time, yeah, now that we had time, we, we, we committed to it, I would say. So the process of, of this album was from basically the beginning of 2020 until april of 2022 <laughs> okay so it's a long time gestating okay so it, it's interesting to me that you say that um you failed on the first two attempts so you were trying to write a concept album uh, in the past yeah. but you, you you didn't achieve that yes is that what you're saying because, yes um because what you have is especially with curse of the damned as which is our first full length you know, we were in a position where we were already just writing songs in those early years as the inspiration came. So normally, as a band does, an album is just a collection of songs that you've written, you know, yeah. from yeah. time to time. Or you do the, the, the classic thing where, you know, when bands were putting out an album a year, they would just go into the studio and go, okay, where's the inspiration? And build it from there. That's not something we've ever been interested in doing. But mm -hmm. yeah, Curse of the Dam started out as a concept record. There was a friend of ours named James Dufresne, who was a comic book artist who came up with this story called Blood Sacrifice. And he, and he, and he was wanted to make a comic book. And so he approached us to be a fictitious band in this comic called Beast. And okay. he said, yeah. And he's like, would you guys be cool? 
because he heard our EP and he really liked it. He's like, do you think you can like write some songs for this comic and we can put a seven inch in it and you guys just kind of write it as this fictitious band that exists in the story of this comic. And we said, no, but mm. we love the idea so much that we want to make it a night demon thing, you know? So he mm. spent a lot of time working on the story of that. And we so at some point got involved with with influencing some of the storylines and stuff and um it ended up being a one issue comic and we said okay well you know we wrote screams in the night based on that on his story and um it was kind of a thing where it's like okay we basically dubbed the curse of the damned album as the soundtrack to that to his story so not a concept album but the soundtrack so only screams in the night really follows the concept and the cover art follows the concept of his comic book so okay. uh yeah so so that in our in a way we in a way we had an idea before all the lyrics were written for the songs how do we tie this into a concept make this mm. a concept album mm. it was too difficult there was too much of, of an array of music already existing right darkness remains <laughs> we said okay here we go let's do this right so um i started writing okay so truth be told on darkness remains there's a trilogy of songs that tells a story it's welcome to the night life on the run and and the title track darkness remains but when you look at the album and sequence those are tracks one five and ten so um, it's not like a trilogy where you would have them in in order, right? They yeah. fit that way. They fit that way on the album in mm. that sequence. Musically, it works, you know. Mm. Um, but we created a video for Welcome to the Night, which was part one of that story. And like we just ran out of time and budget to 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 finish the rest, to be honest. That's the mm. second two parts. But if you look at the album cover, it's based on the concept of what the what we wanted to to do, and the you see the city hall building. It's the it's the building of uh, City Hall in Ventura, where we're from, yeah. and the statue of Rocky, our mascot, which is actually a statue of Father Sarah, um, a Spanish priest who founded our town in the 1700s. So. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of contro controversy surrounding him as well. Um, so it's like we kind of do the HP Lovecraft thing where like we take we take um, physical locations that actually exist and create our own stories around them and depict them in our artwork. And fans are often visiting these places and going, wow, this is kind of cool. Like I'm really a part of the story in real life. And Outsider is no different to that we did the same thing with outsider which we can we can get into but that's the short version i know it sounds long-winded but that is the short version of the the those two albums um aspiring to be concept albums from the beginning thank you for explaining that i appreciate it um so let's talk about outsider so <clears throat> i saw the notes you sent on you you sent me on the album there uh and thank you for that so not only is it a concept album or a story, but you actually are telling the fans what the story is in the liner notes of the album. And that's actually a, it's a first for me anyway. Most concept albums are, um, it's up to the fans to decide really what they're about or, or the band thinks the band is so arrogantly proud of what they've done that they assume the audience is going to know what it's about. But you've taken the step to actually just include the story itself. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a first for me too, and that's what I don't like about concept albums. Yeah, that's one of the I don't. Um, but to me, if if a band's not telling the story, it's because it's a it's not a well written story. Yeah, and and it's and it's if it's well written that they're gonna want to tell it, and um, it's. Or or it yeah or you're right. There's another side to it. Uh, obviously, nothing is definite for everybody, but yeah, there is the side to it. You know, oh, I'm an artist, and I, and it's personal to me, and I guard my work, and it's up to the fans for interpretation. I mean, I'm just not interested in that whatsoever. Um, <laughs> now, now listen. The the reason I'm so proud of this album, there's many, but like one is we stuck with it. Okay, so 
it's it's a concept album from the first note to the last um it's you know it's it's not like seventh son which is one of the greatest albums of all time but mm. people all, always refer to even the press refer to it as a concept album when really it's just there there are a, a handful of songs on that album that that have a cohesive theme to it, it yeah. there's no storyline there no you know? there's no storyline no no and and there are random tracks on it so mm. um you know um but and so i'm not criticizing that album i'm just saying there is a difference you know mm. um and then you have like queen's operation mind crime which is one of the most amazing metal concept albums ever if not the best um but it, but they never told the story either and you no. know i spent i spent years in online forums arguing with people like no that's not what happens there this is this is coming from a third person's perspective in this song, you know, they're like, yeah. well, no, not because not. if you listen to in the second verse, there's one word in there yeah. that tells you that it's not. And it's like, Oh God, is it, can, can, you know, can I, can I just chime in there as well? Like I, I, I have op- operation mind crime, you know, I've listened to it, whatever. Um, and like the story isn't, it doesn't jump out at you. And it's, it's, it's not that it doesn't even jump out at you. It's like, it doesn't even, Upon repeated listens, you're kind of going, "Well, what the fuck is the story?" You know? yeah. <laughs> and I, I, it makes you feel like a fool. You're like, uh, "Okay, <laughs> uh, I know this is a concept album, but like, what the fuck is the story?" <laughs> uh, absolutely, absolutely, and it's it's kind of funny because you're once you have knowledge of something, everything changes, right? Just that's mm-hmm. life in general. So you know once you know what the story is you then you listen to the album completely differently and you feel more educated you know yeah so what here's the thing so let's start from the beginning this album is based on a physical location so like much of our story many of our stories my girlfriend took me to a place in donegal that like he's like you have to see this place you're going to fall in love with this place and it was in the countryside well not in the countryside it was in rural donegal on the north coast on the sea but it very desolate area and we drive up this just abandoned road shrouded by trees around it and end up at this at an abandoned church with a graveyard there overlooking the sea. And it was incredible. We walked in there mm-hmm. and um, for anybody that wants a reference to this there, we released a teaser for the album of a song called prelude track one, all mm-hmm. the video footage in that teaser is that is I filmed at that location. So, so we were, we were visiting it a lot and I just really enjoyed it. I was taking friends there, all kinds of stuff. And I just thought, Man, what if what if somebody had lived here? What's the story here? You know? And that's when the whole thing came about because we were already writing the album, but I had spent the better part of a year writing the story and scrapped the entire thing. And I'm talking like hundreds of hours mm-hmm. spent mm-hmm. on this. Mm-hmm. Um but um so what I did was I wrote a I wrote a screenplay. I wrote a movie script from beginning to end my idea was i always see things in a cinematic view um with all of our music and um i said well let me i want to write a film first and i want and and that was the goal so i wrote i wrote a script and um then we adapted music to it we adapted the we adapted the music we had some pieces already but it took a lot of different arranging and then we had to write the second half of it basically and fit this all in which we could talk more about but let me just we've taken the script and we've summarized it in a track by track summary which is in the layout of all physical formats of this album the vinyl the cassette the cd and we also have the lyrics in there additionally yeah so and um actually uh today as we're recording this we've just released an audio narration of this story on our podcast (laughs) so 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 here that we we want to make it very clear that the information is out there now 
We're not trying to shove it down anybody's throat. The storyline is for the hardcore fan. It's for people that are interested in knowing what that storyline is. The lyrics were written much more metaphorically than literally because you know, that's what I that's the other thing that I was going to talk about that I don't like about a lot of concept albums. They're too they're too literal some of them mm. and they kind of walk you through it which makes like boring music you know um there's two different mediums here there's story writing and then there's lyric writing right mm. and there's songwriting mm. so um for the casual listener can listen to any of these tracks on their own and not feel like they're lost and they don't know what's going on they can just go oh i think i know what this song's about and have no idea what the storyline is about and it can probably relate to them. Um, I didn't listen to the album for like six months after it was finished. And I picked it up earlier this year and took a, and, and took a listen. And there was something going on in my life at the time. And I completely forgot about the storyline when I was listening to it. Yeah. And it, it seemed like every word in this record was speaking to me about my current situation, not the story that we wrote it about. <laughs> So that's how All I right. knew we did a good. That's how I knew we did a good job differentiating the two. Yeah. Okay. Can I ask you how long has this been finished? Since April 2022. Given the pandemic, you know, we had to when 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 all the restrictions were lifted, we had to go out and tour on these singles, mm. and that's the reason that that we put out the year of the demon compilation, which was actually a great, it's a blessing in disguise because talk about a clean discography. It's awesome now to have all that stuff in one place. Yeah. You know, I, I appreciate but, a clean discography as you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we had to go out and tour on that stuff. You know, we had, yeah, to, yeah, we yeah had sorry. To, I'm like, sorry, I'm, not, I'm yeah. not trying to be like confrontational, but like you've had an album that you have recorded and you've been sitting on it for a year and yeah. you're releasing it now. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, it's, but, but the time is now it's here. Let's, I mean, it's a good time to be here and now, you know, I mean, like things, people, there's a lot of impatience in the world, but oh yes, I've seen bands release way too much stuff in a short amount of time and it gets lost and it doesn't matter. Some of their greatest work gets lost, you sure, know, sure. and we, we're not, we're a quality over quantity type of band in mm. our opinion, in our eyes. That's our, that's our aim. Okay. And I mean, this is weird without getting into too many, too much metaphysics. Like I don't really see time as a linear thing. I think it's a thing that we have on this earth. I, I no, really. I think, I think obviously we have it on this earth to function as human beings in our, with, we have in our three dimensional world, we are five sensory beings. And if we didn't set up a time for this, for this interview, we this wouldn't have happened you know we need this to organize our lives of course but yeah i look at the big picture of everything all the time with the stuff i have to you know mm. and time does time does pass in our world and it's kind of like when somebody owes you money you're always like man i wish that guy would pay me back but whenever he does if it's two days from now or two years from now you're always going to want the money. So it's like when you get it, you're stoked, you know, like just occupy your time with something else until the next great thing happens from your favorite band. You know, I mean, like it's, uh, it's I, I mean, look, I mean, look, it, we, we needed, there's a, there's a lot of factors involved here too. I mean, like producing the amount of vinyl that we have to make, you know, which is a, which is a good problem to have. I mean, it takes, it takes a good eight, nine months. Okay. I mean, I'm getting at the point of like when you want something that's important to you, whenever it does come, it's a good day. It's even you know? better than what I, you expected, kind of thing. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, so let's talk about the new album, um, Outsider. It's going to be released on the 17th of March, uh, 2023. I've had a, I've had a sneaky listen to it. And, um, Without trying to sound patronizing, uh, I think your songwriting has matured on this album. Thank you. Um, I think, I I mean that we we always hope that that can happen. You know, yeah. Uh, I th I think with myself and Armand, we've always had great songwriting abilities, and and 
that's that's the blabbermouth headline of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, we we've always had good good songwriting sensibilities. Um, I think that with with Night Demon as a vehicle, we fell victim to almost dumbing ourselves down in the early days. Yeah, to go to go. Hey, this is what we need to be. This is the box that we need to fit in. Yeah. We have, you know, we've always had other projects. So we're like, hey, look, we have other vehicles to do things. Yeah. You know, like yeah. we don't need for we don't need to force feed anything different into what heavy metal is, right? Yeah. And I feel like with going back to what I said earlier, with the sake of repeating ourselves with you know, without repeating ourselves, we had to inject some of who we are into this new music mm. or we weren't going to make another album. We were just going to leave it alone mm. and just say, hey, we've done good so far and we haven't screwed up our career. So mm. let's just let's just be happy with what we've what, what we've released and what we've accomplished. You yeah. know, uh, so th- thank you for that. There's a song uh, towards the end of the album called Awake, as in a and then space wake. Uh, I said it's it just seems like a, a very mature song for Night Demon. It's very different to anything else you've ever recorded or released. Um, I really enjoyed that one. Thank you. I'll, I'll say this. Here's the great experience of making this album, okay? The story told us what to do, you know, mm. musically, which is such a and it's a big challenge, mm. especially when you're, you know, we're not classical, classically trained composers. Yeah. You know, we don't, I know I have friends that, that are, and they're incredible. You know, I, my old roommate, I used to like, he, he, he wrote music for film and television and like, he was incredible at, you know, his knowledge of in music theory of like, you know, hey, play me a sad song. He, he, it would just he would know what to do. You know, or yeah, 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 yeah. anxious feeling. What is that? You know, yeah. we don't know that stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. but we're we're so connected to this story that piecing the music together. Every this this album has a lot of dynamics. It has a lot of drama, and every twist and turn that it takes is dictated by what happens in this story. Mm, yeah. Oh. I I noticed that the final song on the album called "The Wrath" is, I said it's probably the most ambitious song Night Demon have ever done. Yeah, I would say so. Um, you know, we've always been a band that traditionally writes short songs. I'm a fan of shorter songs. Mm. Um, the two longer songs on this album are the longest songs that we have, um, "Beyond the Grave" and "The Wrath." But both of those songs have very little repetition and they really go somewhere. Yeah. So they needed to be that they needed to be that long for that reason. Mm. You know, we all know our favorite bands that are just it's their their songs are too long. I'm just gonna say it. They're too long. It's not helping anybody. Iron Maiden. <laughs> well, I look at it's not fair for me to criticize the band, the greatest band in the world. You know, I guess they're an easy target. Yeah. You know, but but it's because they're so important, mm. you know, and it is, it is. But you know, I have a choice in what I do in my in my career. Mm. And so I can I can take what I think is good from my my influencers and leave leave the stuff that that I don't care for so much to them, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to take credit away from anybody. Every, those bands deserve everything they have, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but, um, personally, I feel like you need to, Oh, okay. Let me sum it up this way. This is the best way I can sum it up. We made a concept album that's under 35 minutes. Yeah. And it tells the full story and there's nothing musically left on the table after this 34, whatever, and change minutes. Yeah. It, it warrants a repeat listen almost immediately. Um, putting out a 78 minute album is tough for, mm. to get through sometimes and you really have to plan for it. Yeah. And it's, you know, and to, to go over it to to want to listen to it again i mean it's going to be hard to do that in the same day 
for a lot of people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Absolutely. I, I agree with you 100%. Okay. So, um, on that note, you are going to be touring uh, very soon. Um, you're doing Hell's Decibels is the name of the tour. Uh, starting on the 17th of March in Hollywood, California. How are you feeling about that? Oh, pretty good. Um, that's coming up really soon here. <laughs> I don't know. I'm always a little bit just to go on tour. You know, it's a week a week it's from today, actually, as we speak. Yeah, it's just a lot of work, you know. Yeah. But this going out on this tour pretty much kicks us off for a lot of touring for the rest of the mm. year. You know, mm. there's a there's a lot coming up. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, the reactions to the album have been far better than I expected. Um, when you say that, no, the the album hasn't been re- released. So you're talking about reactions from press people or uh, that type of thing. Yes, and but the thing about being in a in a heavy metal band in our subgenre, that's the best gauge because the press are the fans. Mm. Like they're they're the ultimate fans. They're the ones that have taken it to the next level. Yeah, people like you. Mm. You're doing a podcast because you love what's happening here and you you want to get this stuff out there and play your part, you know, mm. in the involvement with with the music you love. Um, I think press often gets a bad name based on what the mainstream is doing, which is just sensationalism and advertising mm. and uh, commerce. Yeah. But really underground heavy metal press is for purely for love of the game you know and it's it's usually run by people that are highly educated in the history of the scene and also everything they listen to every album that comes out every day so um i i use that as a as a good gauge all the time sure yeah makes sense yeah um okay so you're as i said you're touring in the in the u.s but also uh come may you're going to be touring in ireland and you're starting in Derry on the 7th of may down the 10th of may you're in belfast 11th of may you're in dublin which i would definitely be at and on the 12th of may you're in limerick uh so yeah uh that's the most dates you've ever done consecutively in ireland if i yeah correct me if i'm wrong but i don't think i am no, you are not wrong. Um, and it's something that we're going to try and do annually. And we're really trying to expand. We're really trying to expand on that. You know, I think next year we would probably do the same run and hopefully add Cork and Galway or, mm. you know, um, I think that Ireland is such an incredible, it's a magical place. It's the, it's the best. And, you know, I've been all over the world. It's the best place for for metal in the whole in the entire world aesthetically and i think that i think that you know look we spent a lot of our career going to going to places that had no metal scene Mm. and we kept going and going and now scenes have have come out of that every time we go we step up in venue size Mm. there's newer bands to play with you know so we would like to nurture what you know the underground heavy metal culture in ireland and also show other bands that you can go you can go to ireland and play you yeah, know? yeah there's places that there's places that will have you and they'll pay you to play well, there you know? absolutely um, are like and, and just for example i saw saxon there in uh, the olympia in dublin and Ulster Hall in Belfast there the other weekend. Um, they have never played the Olympia, which is one of the mid-sized venues in Dublin, uh, but probably twice as large as any other venue they've ever played in Dublin. And they haven't played the Ulster Hall in about 40 years. And both venues, uh, Ulster Hall was sold out and the Olympia looked almost sold out to me. It was like, uh, it was body to body kind of thing like so. To me, there is a market for traditional heavy metal. There are fans for it. All they need to do is find out about it, and then they will go to it. That's that's exa- that's exactly true. And and again, the more the more the more bands that go, that go out and and give it a shot. I mean, there's just there's going to be enough people that that 
get inspired to do it themselves, you know? And like, that's what I, that's what I really like to see, you know? Um, There's, there's a lot of young talent and I, I mean, Ireland is just has so much musical talent in general. People are raised on it, you Mm -hmm. know, and you don't have to be in a bar with an acoustic guitar at 18 years old playing Oasis covers. You don't have to do it. (laughs) Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, there's nothing wrong with it, but there's not, but there's not too much right with it (laughs) when everybody's, when everybody's doing it, you know, you got to have your own voice, you know? And I think, I think if you can inject more original music from outside of the country coming in, Mm. it will inspire people to be more, more individual uh musically you know so that's and and look and again a lot of these small towns there are metalheads that exist but they don't ever get anything and i'm talking i'm not talking about dublin and belfast Mm. that's an easy op-out for bands you know and some a lot of bands they don't even go to belfast Mm. they'll go to dublin for like one gig it's like you're there man you are there the distances are so close Mm why why not just spread it out mm, you know mm. um anyway whatever i have an affinity for the country it's the second home mm. to me um and and i i just this is what i'm doing with it you know like and i would like night demon to come back every year and extensively tour here's another uh, i guess exclusive i'll give you i can't i could tell you off air but um but on air i can say that um, we will be returning to Belfast and Dublin again by at, at the end of the year um, on a on a package tour on air, but off air you tell me differently. Okay, nice. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what it is. We haven't announced it okay. yet, but I'm just saying we, you know, we're going to be playing. We're going to be playing there twice this year. I mean, it's pretty awesome. All right, okay. On that note, I'm going to finish this up. Thanks, Jarvis, for coming back to feckin metal uh you're my most frequent guest and i always enjoy chatting to you because you always have a lot of interesting things to say so um wait hang on hold on hold on before you sign off i beat i didn't beat mick wall did i you did beat mick wall yeah i think oh i, I oh, think okay. i think okay. so okay. actually let's go check that now <laughs> you might be you might be level with mick wall actually uh Okay. Shit, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, you're up there anyway. You're up there with the likes of Mick Wall. Uh, so thanks again for coming on to Feckin' Metal. I appreciate it. And I hope the tour goes well. And I hope the album is received well. Uh, I I listened to it recently and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was excellent. And as I said to you earlier in the in the episode in the podcast, um, I thought the songwriting has grown since um, the last album quite a lot. <laughs> All right, so that was my interview with Jarvis Leatherby. We covered a lot of different topics there. I quite enjoyed that, as I always do. Speaking to Jarvis, it's always an entertaining chat. And I'm sure he'll be back at some point. I think he's actually drawing with Mick Wall for appearances, or maybe Mick's beating him by one. I did check it at the time. Um, It ended abruptly there because he didn't actually say goodbye to me properly. He went into that Mick Wall part, and then he quite quickly told me who that band is that he'll be supporting with Night Demon in Belfast and Dublin uh, later on in this year and he did tell me that he was going to tell me that off air so uh, I just had to cut that bit out so there was no actual real goodbye thing because then we chatted for a good while afterwards about other things so that's why I cut it off so abruptly Um, sorry about that anyway I'm sure that'll be announced soon you can find out all the juicy gossip about that one anyway I'm going to record another short episode now about the UK heavy metal festival scene uh, particularly the Dominion Festival and Manorfest and um, the various things that have happened that have changed the face of those festivals that led to cancellations and postponements and things like that I just have a few opinions on that so that'll be coming up soon i think i mentioned the last time which was a month ago now in the can is another episode with dan carmen and lewis from armstrong gun where we do heavy metal quiz very entertaining doing that with the lads uh, i hope you enjoy too that will be coming soon i also have an interview with luke appleton formerly of iced earth currently in Blaze Bailey's band, also in Absalva, and he's released his own solo EP, uh, just released a few days ago. And I have another um, thing in the can as well, which I won't reveal at the moment, but it's uh, recorded with a podcaster you probably know quite well if you're listening to this, and that's going to be part of a new regular feature, hopefully, on Feckin' Metal in the future. 
But uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Feckin' Metal. Thank you for listening. Please check out Outsider by Night Demon, released on the 17th of March of this year. So it's been out just over a month. As I said, it's probably the most ambitious album I think Night Demon have ever written, especially the last song, The Wrath, but also the second last song, Awake. Very good and different songs from Night Demon, different to what you'd expect uh, from the sound they had on the first couple of albums. Um, it's just, they've come such a long way. It's it's completely different. Uh, I know Metallica has released a new album there a couple of days ago, but in the words of Terry Wogan, so fucking what? This is a better album than that. So give it a listen. Check out Night Demon. If they're coming to a city near you, they'll be playing in Ireland, as I said, um, in May. A few different dates there. Derry, Belfast, Dublin, Limerick. And they will be announcing stuff for later in the year as well. So keep an eye on that. If you like what you heard on this episode, please check them out. And here is a clip from the final song on the album, The Wrath, which I've mentioned a couple of times. Hope you enjoy it. That's going to do it for this episode. I've been your host, Fergal Trainer, and I will see you next time. Thank you.